Hey guys, welcome to Pop Culture Fuck Mary Kill. We're your hosts. I'm Brandy Johnson. And I'm Kristen Gunn. In every episode, we break down the good, the best, and the absolute trash in pop culture and decide which one is our fuck, marry, or our kill of the week. We won't ever be fuck, marry, or killing people because we're classy ladies, but all the stuff we're consuming way too much of. It's the classic game you know and love, but this time it's got a spicy pop culture twist. This week is April 6th, so let's get into it. But first, Brandy, do we have any follow-ups or calls? We do not have any viewer calls um, this week, uh, but I do have two very short follow-ups. One is last week I talked about, uh, one of my honorable mentions was the Netflix YA show Lock and Key, and I found out um a few days ago that i got renewed for season two which is very exciting so if you haven't watched season one of lock and key and you're into that kind of spooky ya kind of genre recommend it um and the second follow-up is your one of your fmks last week was 90s movies for your all-time comfort media and the next day we felt like watching something in that genre so my husband and I watched Jackie Brown and it just like really hit the spot for a Saturday morning watch so I just wanted to let you know thanks for the inspiration oh yeah yeah yeah. I also will caveat that with um I use Kill Bill as one of my examples and we put this in the video but I didn't put it in the pod so for anybody who listened to the podcast I was like Kill Bill is not a 90s movie yes I know it's not a 90s movie but it's 90s adjacent and I have a really badass costume so I needed to shoehorn it in end of story yes I forgive you thank you uh so Brandy mm-hmm. what are you fucking this week okay so my fuck of the week is Amazon's new fashion show, Making the Cut, with Ooh. Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum. So I'll caveat this with, I love fashion shows. I love fashion competition shows so much. Big Project Runway fan. I watched the Netflix one with Tan France from Queer Eye and Alexa Chung. What'd you think of that one? I thought it was fine. I don't, I'll say this because it's not one of my things. I don't think Tan and Alexa are equipped to be hosting and judging a show about fashion exactly. Um, equipped or qualified? Qualified. That's, yeah. Qualified is really the word. Uh, what I'll say is that I thought the format was fun and the talent on that show was pretty banging. Um, and there were a lot of things about it that I liked format wise, but ultimately I thought like the judges and them specifically to be judges for the fashion, not qualified to be making those calls. So for making the cut, so Tim and Heidi left Project Runway and now Project Runway has a new team with, um, old holdout, Nina Garcia, still there. Um, new judge, Brandon Maxwell, who's awesome. Um, but Christian Siriano took the place of Tim Gunn, who is amazing. And if you're an old Project Runway stan, you know him from the OG seasons of Project Runway. Um, incredibly successful designer. Um, probably the most successful one from Project Runway so He's far. the Carrie Underwood of Project Runway. Exactly. And then the host is Carly Kloss. 
So she's the Heidi of Project Runway now. Project Runway went through a really bad period and then it got good again and it's good now with Carly and Christian. And Christian, I always liked Tim, but Christian is far and away such a better mentor than Tim ever was. Like watching it now with Christian, you see how Tim never really ever gave just like blunt, actionable mentor-like feedback. Like, no, that sleeve is bad. You should do something else. Like I would not put a zipper there like at all. That's hideous. Like Christian just flat out says like, why don't you try, why don't you try a collar like that? Like, wouldn't that be fun? Or like, Ooh, no, not a jumpsuit. I wouldn't do it in that print. Like he's just flat out actually being very helpful. And Tim was always just sort of like pleasantries and vagueness and never actually just being like, don't do a thing or do a thing. And you can really see that now, especially now that making the cut is on. So making the cut is my fuck because it's not good enough to marry, but it definitely takes my mind off of the fact that we're in a quarantine for just like a little bit of time. So they're on Amazon now and they will not let you forget that they have that Amazon money. So they set the show in Paris. So they gathered all of the talent for the show in New York first. And then we're like, oh my God, guess what? We're gonna take the show to Paris. And the whole show takes place in Paris. Um, the prize money is a million dollars. What? Yes. Oh it my is a, God. Yes, it is a million dollars, which is insane. It's the most money that's ever been for a fashion show. If that's like how much you get for Survivor or Amazing Race, which is crazy, crazy. Um, the format is cool. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot that I do like about it. Like it's very cool that they're in Paris. They go to a lot of really neat places to get cool inspiration for their challenges. The runway shows that they do are like on a bridge across the Seine, like in front of the Eiffel Tower, like using real music tracks by Lizzo and like artists that probably have agreements with Amazon. Like the runway shows are like legit cool and feel like real fashion shows, which is I think something that misses, you miss a little in Project Runway because it feels very much like a fake one. Um, Tim and Heidi are really shticky. They, they keep acting like they're trying to prove to an old boyfriend that they're in a really good relationship now. Like, look how much fun we're having. And it like can get really old. Um, and I'll say this, like, I don't think the talent is totally there for this show. Like there are some really good designers, but ultimately I think there's some kind of hack ones. And there was actually better talent on the Netflix show um, next in fashion and even on this most recent um, season of Project Runway there were some incredibly talented people so that's kind of a, of a mixed bag I will say my favorite thing about this show though and this is a little long-winded sorry is the judges they got for making the cut blow everyone else out of the water so you've got Heidi um, Tim is a mentor again being kind of pointless but the judges are um, Nicole Ritchie, creative director, founder of House of Harlow, 1960. She's got her own fashion brand. Um, and then basically the French Anna Wintour. She used to be the editor-in-chief of French Vogue. I forget her name. It's Corinne something French. Um, 
and then um, this other designer who's got his own um, fashion brand, um, I think his name is Joseph Altazara. He's very cool. Um, he's got a fresh take. He feels kind of like when Zach Posen would guest judge on Project Runway. He's kind of that young, hip kind of, but nice um, feedback guy. And then you've got Naomi Campbell. And you can tell that Heidi was like, listen, I need a favor. I got this new show. I don't think you're that busy. And they probably paid her a gazillion dollars. Naomi Kim was like, I need a billion dollars an episode. And, and Heidi Klum was like, it's Amazon, girl, you got it. Yeah, exactly. And she does not hold back. She is savage. I mean, savage. And to show you an example, I'd like to play a little clip. <laughs> What do we have here? We know immediately who that is. Hideous with sprouts coming out of your shoulders. I think mean, it's done well. The finishes are nice. Nicole, the cutting's good. I think it's cute. I mean, it's spectacular. But it's horrible. Yeah. It's too loud. But it's done well. I like it. I'm sorry, I don't like it at all. I'm excited about what's coming next. Well, well, well. What do we call this? There is no name for it. Not everything needs to have a name. Yes. Donut. The only thing I don't love is the hole in between the legs. The birth canal. <laughs> I'm here for it. But other than that, I love this one. I'm not into it. Is that her catchphrase? I'm not into it. So that, but also um, she'll just scream, next, if she doesn't like something, which is horrendously rude. Or she'll just be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I mean, or she'll go, what is that even? I mean, it is some of the most savage commentary I've seen on maybe any show where they have like a panel of judges. It's crazy. Like if you thought you knew, oh yeah, Naomi Campbell, like she's kind of known for being kind of catty, like maybe even pretty bitchy. Like, I bet I know what she'll be like on this show. No, you don't. Like, there's no reins. She's just being fucking crazy Naomi. Like, and you can kind of see Heidi try to like pull her back a little like she did there. And like, she can't, like she just goes whole hog and it's hilarious. So that's why making the cut is my fuck this week. It's a fun ride and it makes me laugh and it takes my mind off of the pandemic. So um, I recommend it if you're into fashion um, competition shows or just watching people get insulted by a supermodel, so. <laughs> you know, I miss Michael Kors, his like, cause he was always the mean one, but he was also really fucking funny. So it'd be like, it looks like Dorothy's ass exploded all the way to Oz or whatever. Right. And mm -hmm. so I like, the, you know, Zach Posen was never that right. Like when they replaced Michael Kors with Zach Posen, Zach Posen was just like, mm, yes or no. Right. So does Naomi give you that like Michael Kors satisfaction? Oh, um, no. And I will say Brandon Maxwell replaced Michael Kors and he gives me, he, on Project Runway, and he gives us that. I would say he's a pretty good, but better one-to-one -one swap. Like, he's very good at the, like, I mean, he'll, he'll be like, and like, say something very quippy. And it's like, that's what I live for. Naomi is just, she's basically just mean. And she also says weird, weird stuff like, you didn't respect the fashion of couture in this challenge. And like, she gets so insulted that people didn't respect 
certain parts of fashion. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? It's really fun. All right. I'll give yeah. it a, I'll give it a look. See. Okay. Kristen, what is your fuck of the week? Okay. So I, I had an interesting week because you know, a lot of the stuff that we're watching, you know, like we talked about the food desert of shows. And so I chose this week to celebrate some of the um, quarantine creative things that are happening with celebrities and pop culture and all that good stuff. So uh, this week, I want to fuck, and you're going to tell me how to pronounce her name because I definitely don't know, uh, Melissa Villasenor. Oh, yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, well, you know, maybe I didn't stick the landing, but um, so she uh, has been doing impressions on her Twitter feed of different celebrities in this like time of quarantine. And you and I, Brandy, have both spoken of how much we love John Mulaney before and how he's, he's by far my favorite stand-up comedian. Um, if you haven't seen his Netflix specials, he's got a couple of them, except for the most recent one, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, because it's not a stand-up comedy it's like a whole variety show and it's just different and not not as great um she does an impression of him and when i saw it i was like this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna be good and it is amazing so have you seen it no i haven't okay i'm gonna share it with you now okay i've noticed as i've been home spending a lot more time with my pillows i can tell they are paper thin there's no fluff in the, my pillows. It's like if I told a monster truck, hey, why don't you just drive right over my pillows? I want them to feel like I'm sleeping on a tortilla. And they do. So that's it. And it brought me so much joy. And I always, I always felt like medium about her on SNL. But this, the other day, I was feeling extra grim because of, you know, quarantine and everything else. And that really just lifted my spirits in a way that nothing else has this week. And so even though it's a little boop, it's not like a big, long thing or a show that you have to go unpack on Netflix or whatever, that is my fuck. I really like it. Yeah, her voice has always really bothered me, but sh her impressions are really funny. Good pick. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brainy, what is your Mary for the week? Okay. So in the same vein, a lot of celebrities are doing both good and bad things, I would say, during quarantine. Um, the rise of Instagram Live isn't always great. Um, but my Mary this week is some good news from John Krasinski. So he started a faux news channel um, and put it up on YouTube. John Krasinski, obviously of the office fame, um, one of my personal heroes. Uh, <laughs> and he made a video that was just great things happening, going on good stories to, you know, bring you joy and bring you light and lift you up during this time because the real news is horrific. 
um, and he filmed it from his office in his house and he got all these people to send him these great clips and he got his daughters to draw the logo and he got Steve Carell to drop by and do an interview about the 15 year anniversary of the office premiering and it's just really funny and heartwarming and like definitely made me cry a little and it's something that I think we all are just like craving so hard and so I just want to play a little clip of just to give you an idea just like a little taste of um, some good news from John Krasinski. In Maine a local man bought 100 lobsters to help out a lobsterman. He then went to each one of his neighbors and delivered them a fully cooked lobster dinner. In Ireland and no I won't embarrass myself by doing that accent Three generations took place in social distancing as a grandfather met his grandson for the first time. We also got to experience three generations of love this week. To kick us off, a couple from Fredericksburg, Virginia was supposed to go to Paris when their travel was canceled. Luckily, the romance was not. She said yes, but in case anybody was wondering, I am alone in this room. Oh, that's so great. I saw a thumbnail of him and Steve Carell and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch that later. And then I totally forgot about it. So I'm really glad you told me. I'm gonna go check that shit out after this. Yeah, um, it's this one, this episode is 15 minutes and 43 seconds um, and which seems like a long time, but when you're consuming just like story after story, that's just like, and this cool thing and this sweet thing and this sweet thing and also this other thing that's amazing. It's it's like the best 15 minutes and 43 seconds that I've spent in a really long time. Also, to your point about Steve Carell jumping in, so I was torn between showing that clip and also the clip, a little clip of their, they, they talked for a while actually, a clip of them talking and it's really, really delightful. They talk about the premiere, they show a couple of blooper clips and talk about that. It's like two really, really good, good old friends just catching up. And also Steve Carell looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, like he looks so good. Like he is aging better than Helen Mirren. Yeah, I mean like, what the crap? So. If you are an Office fan, if you were a fan of happiness, if you were a fan of Jim, John Krasinski, if you were a fan of just all things happy in this terrible time, I urge you to watch this video. It already has almost 11 million views on YouTube. It is the best 16 minutes you'll spend, I promise. Do you think he's gonna make it a series? I do, like he says at the end, like I have no idea, we'll make another one, but like, this was really fun. And also look at all the stuff that you guys sent me. Um, please send us more stuff and maybe we'll do another one. Like I saw this everywhere. So like, I bet he makes another one. I hope this be like, like can he just stop doing Jack Ryan and all of these like bullshit serious things? Like I would like us to come out of quarantine with his counterpoint to John Oliver's last week tonight, where just John Krasinski and like happy shit, right? Because he could clearly, like so few people could do that and not have it be so fucking obnoxious, right? He is that person. That is his gift to the world, is charm that isn't irksome, so. Great way to put that. That's what, John Krasinski, I know you watch our pod, so. That's what my, I hope for you. Okay, Kristen Gunn, 
what are you marrying the week of April 6th? Okay, so we're just gonna keep the celebrity internet video train rolling. Toot toot. Um, so Vulture did a really cool thing this week. There's an article um, that we can link to or you can just Google, Google it, look it up on Vulture, you know how to get there, um, where they went and asked uh, all sorts of different celebrities, writers, to go back to the well of a popular show that they either start in or helped create or whatever and write a scene, imagine a scenario where their one of the characters or their show was dealing with quarantine. And so the whole thing is just a bunch of fucking gems. Um, have you seen this? I saw it and was like, mental note, I would love this. I need to go back and do this. And I haven't done it yet. And it's, it's uneven, right? Because like, there's like 35 of them. So some people yeah. you could tell were like, you know, text, 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 send, right? And then some sure. people like, were like in script format and like, it's a little scene. Of course. But, uh, you know, like there's 30 Rock, there's Parks and Rec, there's even like Frasier. So like, oh there's, there's, like it's a, it, the, the expanse is broad. Um, but the one that I wanted to play, even though there's this may arguably not be the best one, but it is the best one for us and for the moment, is okay. um, Jaime Camille from Jane the Virgin, who played Rogelio, made a video as Rogelio in quarantine. And I would say not only is it amazing because Rogelio as a character is amazing and his, if you've never seen the show, he's a big social media whore. And so it's like, it's a very big funny plot point of the show, his whole character. Um, but he gives Steve Carell a run for his money in terms of like aging like a fine fucking wine, Silver Fox. So like, it's hard for me to even look at the thumbnail without like <laughs> my heart just breaking a little bit because he's not my boyfriend. So I'm going to play a little clip of that for you. Sweet. Fuck me. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I don't even know that we need to watch the video. That's just. Let's just look at the still. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Hi, Rogelio fans. Please excuse the beard. I know I look like a hippie. Well, I'm not going to lie. Social distancing has been incredibly difficult, particularly for all of you. Not being able to see me, touch me, smell me. Just hang in there. You will get through this. In response, I ramped up my online presence. I am now live on Instagram 24-7, so I can stay intimately connected to my 11.4 million fans. You can even watch me sleep. Luckily, it's not hard to be locked up with my beautiful bride, Xiomara. In fact, night one of our isolation, I made so one of my famous baskets, a Corona basket, if you will. You know, just some stuff to get us through the pandemic. A bottle of wine, a few love-making items, plus a whole bunch of N95 masks and rubber gloves, which Xiomara then had me donate to emergency room doctors and nurses after explaining to me that no one should be hoarding those materials, which I now understand and frowned upon. Don't hoard, friends. You can donate any extra medical supplies you find to getusppe.org. Well, the point is... 
And that kind of caps it off too. He uh, very deftly uses it as an opportunity to entreat people to donate. And it goes on and on. It's great. Um, so treat yourself. It's amazing. The entire Vulture article is amazing with all the different little, I haven't even read all of them because there's so many of them. So that was another really happy highlight of this otherwise shit show of a year week. I love that and I'm absolutely not going to sleep on that anymore. I'm going to I'm going to check that out. And just major applause to to Jaime because like perfect way to, to work in really important information as a beloved character. Just like applause, applause. Yeah. Also just thank you for existing and being a human with that soul and that face. And yeah. 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 I like good. Good, good pick. All right, Brandy, what are you killing this week? Okay, I'm sad to say it, but I'm killing the new Hulu show, Little Fires Everywhere. Okay, tell me more. I think my knee jerk was why did, why, why wouldn't they just change the title? Because it's so close to Big Little Lies and it's also starring and produced by Reese Witherspoon. And I know it's a book, but like I was already like, this is weird and I, turned off by that but do continue okay so the reason i want to kill it is because it has everything in it to make you think well this is going to be good right it's got reese it's got carrie washington it seems prestige it's based on a book her last thing that reese did that was based on a book was so good she's making all these things she's producing all these things it's gonna be good it's a hulu thing you know it's got pacey in it it's got rosemary dewitt it's got all these cool people in it it's gonna be so good the reason i want to kill it is because it is not good <laughs> <laughs> so First of all, and I have not read the book. I, last year when I was prepping for my honeymoon, I went to the bookstore and was picking out books to take so I could read them on the beach. And I picked up this book because I knew it was gonna be a show and it was, people loved the book. And I read the back and I was like, that seems boring. So I didn't read it. Nothing about it enticed me. You know, it just seemed like a suburban scandal story. And I was like, eh, I'll just watch the show. And so, I don't know if the book does a better job of this. It very well might do this, but the Carrie Washington character is so God awful to everyone around her and is not well drawn enough for us to understand why she is that way. Like they keep giving us glimpses that make it seem like oh, we now know why she is so gruff and why she's had such a hard life or why she's so guarded and why she is the way she is, but it's still not quite enough. And she's so awful to everyone. And she makes such bad choices that it does not make me sympathetic to her at all. And what they, what they obviously tr are trying to show is that Carrie Washington's like, you know, suffering African-American artist, single mom character, and also Reese Witherspoon's very rich, very privileged, kind of can be ignorant, can be very ignorant, white character 
both try to do their best and both oftentimes do the wrong thing. And so you want to be sympathetic to both of them, but they are doing such a poor job trying to make Carrie Washington's character sympathetic. And it just makes me fucking hate her so much. Like I never ever sympathize with her. She's so god awful. And Reese Witherspoon is doing a great job being that character. It's like a it's like a little bit watered down version of her big little lies character, who's much, much more like not quite as rich. And she's like set in the 90s, but she's just like rich suburban mom, very uptight. And um, she's not, doesn't have quite as big of a worldview. Um, and she's doing a great job. And also Carrie Washington is doing something with her performance that I, she makes it very hard to watch her the way that she's acting and, you know, acting capital A. Yeah. And it, it makes it very hard to watch her. And I love Carrie Washington. I yeah. loved her when Scandal was very good in that those peak seasons when Scandal was good, good. She was good, good. And yeah. I like can barely watch her. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's a show that's supposed to be good by all other means, but it's just not very good. Also, like the story hasn't, it's five episodes in and like the story at this point I want to know what it's fucking about and like what the what the big secret is and like next week will be episode six and like we're only just about to find out what that is and I'm like this is fucking no you can't make me wait six episodes for what I'm pretty sure based on what you teased at the end of episode five is going to be a very lackluster secret that to me is a real bummer so it's my kill because it's it's a real big letdown for what I assumed wouldn't be. Yeah, I was avoiding watching it one because the name I was just like woof. It's like two like woof. But then two, um, it just like that. I watched a trailer for it and it was just so tense. And it's like I don't need that in my life right now. Like I need to be surrounding myself. Like I'm recondoing everything. Does it spark joy? No. Put it away for a day when we're not dealing with a pandemic, right? Um, so that one was just, you know, folded in the bin because of that. You, ne you never need to take it out of the bin. The only reason we're watching it is because we're in a bit of a show desert. Like we need something to watch and it comes through every week. And so we're like, well, I, I guess we'll watch Little Fires Everywhere. Ugh. Like that's where we're at, you know what I mean? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Kristen, what's your kill? Okay. So we touched on this a little bit last week. Uh, I don't think we gave it proper space on the show considering what a uh, black hole it has been in the zeitgeist of now. Can you guess what I'm going to say? No. Fucking Tiger King. Oh. Um, I don't, I don't want to fuck the sh I mean, I don't want to kill the show because it's fine. Like, it's fine. It's, it's honestly in some ways like this cavity in a tooth that we need right now to distract us from, you know, the, tr the car wreck that we're in, you know, like maybe that's a good analogy. Um, so it's fine. I, I <laughs> I'm going to give that analogy an A plus, Brandy. I think we should keep a running list of your analogies because they're getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I, I can't even really unpack why. I just, I want better. I want better for our pandemic, Brandy. And it's not, this is, this is the best we're going to get right now. I want, I want my fucking Mulan. I want Wonder Woman. I want, um, you know, I want glow. I want the things that are really, really good. I want my vegetables and meat and potato shows and I am getting Tootsie Rolls. And so this is like a Tootsie Roll of a show. I will say uh, one thing I've enjoyed this week about um, the, the evolution of where Tiger King has gone in our mm-hmm. zeitgeist is that they did announce, and I'm sure you saw this, that there, there's going to be a, a live action version. And yes. the person, the only person that's been announced as attached so far um, is Kate McKinnon will be playing Carol Baskins, who is one of the three main characters. She's kind of this kooky hippie that maybe killed her husband. Um, and I'm fi- I'm fine with that. I actually, I love, like Kate McKinnon's one of my favorite humans, super funny, whatever. I actually would have preferred somebody else for that role, but I have, I wrote down my fantasy cast for the four main big parts. And so I'm going to tell you those. And if you can okay. click on your feet, Brandy, and you can think of some, I'd love to hear yours too. Okay. So um, I'll start with kind of the least important and go up. Um, mm-hmm. Doc Antle, who on the show is like the the lesser of all of the main characters. He's kind of like um, a, a guru wannabe who has a harem of young women that he, you know, like damaged young women that he scoops up and brings to his tiger commune and grooms them to be part of his cult, his tiger cult, basically. Also, like for the first like four episodes before they established that about him, I swore he was gay. Like, I really thought he was gay. And then that happened. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. They really bury the lead on the Doc Antle as a fucking monster thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I saw this online, so I can't take full credit for the idea. But I think Matt Damon would be an amazing that guy. And, like, I saw the faces side by side. And, like, they both have these kind of, you know, when Matt Damon can gain a little weight, they both have these, like, Joey White faces, and I think that Matt Damon could actually lean into the smarm, like, talented Mr. Ripley very well. So that's Doc Antle. I don't um, disagree. Good pick. And then, so Jeff Lowe, he is the, yeah, also, like, just, like, super mm. gross guy. Mm. Um, he's, like, a, a Jesse James of, you know, Sandra Bullock screwing over fame. He kind of has that vibe to me, you know, he's, he wants to be a biker so bad and and that sort of thing. So, um, is it all the affliction tees? Yeah. With, yes. With all of the affliction tees and headbands under flat, you know, caps. Um, because I, I kind of hate this actor. I think that they, he would do well by him because the guy seems like a dick in real life too. I think Will Arnett would make a great Jeff Lowe. Oh, just because they're they both have like, I can see it. Like they're both assholes, right? Um, and then Carol Baskins, who I already mentioned, is being played by Kate McKinnon in the official live action uh, remake of this. I think Carol Kane would be a way better Carol Baskins. Um, if you if you aren't familiar with Carol Kane, she was on uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. 
as the kooky next door neighbor. And like, I mean, they're one in the same, right? Like, totally. They, but, and this is going to be an interesting casting choice. So okay. for Joe Exotic, the Tiger King himself, mm-hmm. um, Joe Exotic is, spoiler alert, if you're not familiar with the end of the show, Joe Exotic is in prison right now. And uh, from prison, he weighed in on the two people he would want to potentially play him. One was David Spade, which he didn't call David Spade. He called him Joe Dirt. He said, I would like Joe Dirt to play me. <laughs> That's the best thing that's ever happened. Oh, my God. Right. right. Or the other one, he said, was Brad Pitt. And I laughed my ass off when I was like, of course you want Brad Pitt to play you. But then I thought about it. And Brad Pitt's a fucking legit actor, right? Like we don't we don't give him enough credit for his good acting ability because he is so handsome, but he he does have the ability to do both intense and very funny roles. So totally. I actually think Brad Pitt would make an amazing Joe fucking exotic, and he'd probably win an Oscar for it. So that's my cast. That's a very good cast. And here's the thing. If the movie that, that would be made is on the caliber of having Matt Damon and Carol Kane in it, then Brad Pitt would actually be on that same level. So I don't disagree. Yeah, my, mine is like a premium, a premium comedy, right? Like a, a dramedy. It's like the I, Tanya of, of sure, this, right? Yeah, sure. No, I follow. So I, I talked a lot there. Did you, did that give you any time to marinate on any other casting choices? Ultimately, I actually, like, if this were not a premium version, I think David Spade would be a good, like, if it were more like a, like a farce or like a lifetime movie version, I think David Spade would be pitch perfect for it. To be quite quite honest with you, when the headline came out about Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin in the adaptation, I read it really quickly, and because they bury the lead, because I want you to click through, I actually thought that she was going to be playing Joe Exotic. Which I was like, before I clicked through and saw that she was going to be playing Carol, I was like, yeah, okay, for sure. Yeah, I'm into this. Because I would not have been mad about that either. But ultimately, like, could she play Carol? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she'd do fine. But but Kate McKinnon has this way, she has this way about her. And it's yeah, like, totally. it not be Kate McKinnon playing a part. Yeah, you know? agree. Agree. So... Anyway, That's why we love her. Good picks. That is my kill. Brandy, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I have two very quick ones. I have a couple as well. Okay, great. My first one is um, thank you so much, John Oliver, for coming back and continuing to do your show from home. Um, your show last week in which you recorded from your home, from the white void, um, that was mostly focused on how sad it is that we have a president who's so ill-equipped to handle the situation was particularly good, but the real kicker was that you ended it um, with a little clip from like a public access um, art show in which uh, you put out a plea to try to acquire art of two rats fucking, and it made me laugh a lot and I'm just really glad that even in this time, you still find time to do things like that. So please don't stop being you. So John Oliver still bringing it even in quarantine. Do you have a picture of the rat fucking? Not on me, but I will definitely post it to Instagram. 
All right, amazing. Um, so I have a visual aid for this one. This is also a little bit of a callback to something we just booped on a little bit last week, but maybe didn't get its fair share. Um, so the movie Emma came out, the remake of yeah. you know the Jane Austen famous novel. Uh, it was fine, you know, whatever. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. But other than Bill Knightley, is that his name? Bill Nye. Bill, yeah, he's amazing. He's, he steals the show on, in every way in terms of acting. But I want to actually fuck um, Tanya Reynolds, who plays Miss Elton in the show. She's a character that you don't need to know anything about it. She's just like supposed to be the fucking worst. Um, they style her in, in the, the best, most deliciously fucked up and obnoxious way and I am so here for it. I really hope the um, hair and makeup stylists get at least an Oscar nomination. Maybe they don't deserve to win. We'll see how the year goes. But I hope they at least get a nomination or whoever whoever's idea it was to style her so absurdly um, needs a bonus. It needs a raise of some sort. So I'm going to share one photo with you now. Yep. Yeah. So um, there you go. That says it all, right? Uh, yeah. So, so I think it, it definitely deserved a little mention on the show. And uh, again, in the dark storm clouds of life right now, this is definitely a silver lining. I love it. I love it. Um, my last honorable mention is Nailed It season four is now available on Netflix. And if you need something fun to kill time that's pointless and mostly stupid, then you should watch Nailed It. And, and we're enjoying it. I have to say this because it'll be one of those things that I'm saying when I'm in the nursing home 50 years from now. Uh, I invented Nailed It before it was a show and wanted to pitch it to Food Network. If you guys have heard the podcast before, you know I develop and cast TV shows. And so even though Nailed It, nobody stole the show from me. Two people had the same idea. So that's, I'm not mad in that sense, but um, it physically hurts me to see the show because it is so fucking good. And it is exactly what I wanted in the universe. And it is so perfect, but also, you know, it's not my baby, it's someone else's. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I saw the thumbnail the other day and I was like, I'll watch it and I'll love it. And Nicole Byer's the fucking best. And Wes is also amazing. <laughs> um, and and uh, what's his name? Jean-Luc Picard? Nope. Uh, no, his Jacques Torres. Yeah, Jacques Torres is just delightful and so cute and it's just pitch perfect in every way. Um, all right, my last honorable mention also a um, Tiger King reference. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not a real thing. I'm just gonna share my screen and you can see. I, don't, I hope you haven't seen this already. I I'm hoping I'm showing you this for the first time. Um, you know, because the internet is great. Uh, <laughs> we get things like Tiger King that suck up all the oxygen in our pop culture uh, space for a while and then people create fun things on the internet. So somebody made this. You see that? Ew. 
So it's a fake, it's this, I went and I checked just uh, her and this is not real, right? So it's a, you know, a fake screenshot of the Netflix store um, with a Joe Exotic medical mask. And um, it doesn't exist. The only thing in the Netflix store is like Netflix branded merchandise, um, which I didn't think it did, but I wanted to check just to make sure. Sure. Uh, but you know, I was like, prop, props to whoever photoshopped that. It's one, it's really super clever. Two, it's you know, pandemic theme. So here for it, and it's really fucking disturbing. It's horrific, and I love it. Yeah. Also, it's worth mentioning that. Did you hear Joe Exotic got COVID nineteen? I did. I'm in prison. Everybody's laughing about it. And I'm like, no, don't laugh because he's over 60 something and he clearly has smoked most of his life. And like, that's like, I mean, it's, it's funny because he's funny, but it's not, it's like, woof. No, he could die. Also like a virus like that in a prison is very bad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, way to end it on a sad note, Kristen. Yeah, but good honorable mentions nonetheless. Joe, we hope you don't die. Um, okay, so did we miss your fuck, Mary or your kill this week? Um, do you have a question, uh, comment, concern, qualm, query? Um, you know you can give us a call. We have a hotline. You can leave us a voicemail, 805-628-BOOP. That's 805-628-2667. If you call and leave us a voicemail, we might just play it on the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at PopCultureFMK. We have a website, too, where we post stuff. It's PopCultureFMK.com. And you can find our pods wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Um, yeah. We hope you have a great week. Hang in there. We love you. Kristen? Hi, me, Camille. Give me a call.